Hey everyone. This episode, we decided that we were going to talk about Prince, and well, you guys know the reason why, so no need to, you know, belabor that point. So let's just start off talking about uh, Prince, one of my, well, not one of, my favorite musical artists of all time. And I don't know, it's, it's it's, it's going to be a tough podcast, but I mean, we have a couple of things that you know we want to talk about and share with you guys. So let's just start off. I have a question for you, Tracy. Okay. <laughs> when was the first time you heard Prince, and what did you think of Prince the first time you heard him? Well, um, I was pretty young when I first heard Prince. I was probably like five or six years old mm-hmm. when I first heard Prince. And yeah. so I didn't, you know, know anything about <laughs> this guy. <laughs> um, my sister was a big Prince fan. And growing up, she had a Prince poster in um, her room. And so, you know, I would go in there occasionally and look at this guy and be like, who is this guy? Because she had a poster of him she had a couple posters actually but one of them was over her bed <laughs> and it was mm. of him in um i believe it was i think it was a purple rain per- post poster maybe you sure? no i can't remember mm. well maybe not but i'm just thinking of that blouse that he would wear mm-hmm. in purple rain so it probably wasn't a purple rain poster but um it was the blouse he was in that blouse and like tight pants obviously and it was open and, you know, he's like staring. It was just like him just staring. It's oh, yeah. open. Did and... he have a rose in his hand? No, he did not. Oh. I don't think so. But yeah, that was like, you know, my image of Prince growing up because of that poster. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as time went on, as I got older, um, you know, I, I have to say, like, what did I think of Prince? I mean, it was like, yeah, I thought he... He made great music. You know, I liked his music. I didn't really know all about, you know, his lyrics or understand them. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not. In, I don't even know, like, when to say. Like, maybe not until I was, like, like a preteen <laughs> slash teenager. Um, and, you know, I don't know, like, how to say. But that was just basically, like, when I first you know, heard Prince right. and kind of, you know, what I initially thought of him, I just thought his music was good, you know. Yeah, I don't, um, I can't remember the first time I heard Prince. It was probably something or sometime around 1999, because mm-hmm. my brother had those albums, like he had, like, Controversy. I guess it started around then. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Like, I liked it when I, when I was young. Like, I just liked the music. And, you know, I was right. like a little kid, you know. I'm like a little bit older than you were. So, mm-hmm. it was just a kid and liking the beat, you know. Just right. liking the music and hearing it. And I always thought it was cool. And, you know, I remember when we went to 84 when, when Purple Rain came out. I remember as a family, we went to go see Purple Rain in the movie theater. And I think we went to the Northwest mm-hmm. when we did it in Detroit. So you were, what, eight? Yeah. Well, yeah, Purple Rain came out in the summer. So I was seven going okay. on eight. Um, and I just remember, like, the like going to the movie. And it was, like, awesome. Because it was like going to, like, a concert, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had never been to a music concert at that point when I was a kid mm-hmm. and I remember watching like how awesome it was like you know everyone was like standing up cheering and giving like standing ovations mm-hmm. I'm like dude like this is crazy That's like crazy. it's a movie you know what I'm <laughs> saying you know it was, it was just cool like that mm-hmm. it was just like being in a concert and you know from that point like you know I really liked Prince and you know would listen to you know all the songs on the radio and stuff that like you know, my brother would buy the albums. Um, but, you know, me, like, really getting into Prince myself, I really didn't get into him, like, really hardcore until probably high school. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I bought, like, the Hits and the B-Sides, which is, like, you know, a contractual obligation album when he was trying to get out of his contract with Warner Brothers. So he just released mm-hmm. the greatest hits that had a bunch of songs. Mm-hmm. And then that allowed me to hear like all the stuff that wasn't on like albums I already heard. So stuff, mm-hmm. you know, early stuff that was before controversy and mm-hmm. and all that. And, you know, from that point forward, it's like, oh, right, now I got to like start like buying up all kinds of Prince albums, you know, right. fill, fill the void. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that was with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, um, you said you thought he made great music. What did you like about Prince? Well, what did I like about Prince? I mean, back then, yeah, I mean, it was, the music was good, danceable, obviously. I mean, the man has had so many hits, you know. I mean, he, I feel like he was um, probably like the backdrop of my like 80s music listening with mm-hmm. with, a, with some other people, but like I mean, his music definitely stands out in my mind growing up. Like, um, so I mean, in terms of him as an artist, I mean, over the years, like you know, I definitely can't sit up here and say I was like the biggest Prince fan, um, just because I just didn't. I just I don't know why. It's funny. <laughs> it's like when you think about it. Like I mean, he just made so many great, so much music that I really enjoyed. That for some reason I never. Um, continued to, uh, and I can't even say I bought his music when I started buying music. I mean, I didn't start buying my own music until like I was probably a junior or senior in high school. I jumped on music, I feel, late in life. Like, I've always loved well, it. When you say you didn't start buying like, your own music, so you're saying like when you were a sophomore in high school, your mother was buying your music for you? Is that what I you're wasn't, saying? no one was buying any music. <laughs> like, I just wasn't buying music. That's I, like, I didn't have my own music until I started buying it myself. So any music I listened to was just on the radio. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, my sisters used to always uh, tape music and they bought music, you know. So, like, I listened to the music that my siblings listened to. So they bought music. So I just automatically kind of had music, too, right. <laughs> to listen to. And, yeah, so I didn't really start buying my own music until, you know, definitely by the time I was almost like a, yeah, I feel like a senior. I don't know. I might have bought some things freshman year or something like that, but not... 
I didn't really, really, really get into buying my own music until, yeah, I almost was out of high school. Oh, okay. And going into college. But yeah, I mean, I obviously listen to the radio all the time. Back when the radio was worth listening to. <laughs> Right. I listened to the radio, and, and like many people, I had tapes, and I taped things off the radio. I'm I showing know. my age here, but hey, you know. But that's what I did in order to get music when I was younger. I learned how to tape, you know, music. I watched my sister's brothers tape music <laughs> off the radio, so I started doing it too. And so, yeah, but when I started buying music, I feel like by the time I got to, like, college, I don't know, like, where where was, like... Prince and his musical, you can say this, I, you know. Yeah. Well, when, where, when, when did you start college? 96? 96, yeah. Like, where was he? Well, 96, uh, he was uh, starting his new contract with uh, EMI for the Emancipation album. So, mm-hmm. he had just released Gold Experience the year before mm-hmm. on Warner Brothers. And so, you know, Emancipation 96 was his first, like, new album, new contract, and it was three discs, mm-hmm. each disc 60 minutes long. Um. Yeah. So that was that was ninety six. I just feel like he wasn't on my radar then. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like everything that I listened to from high school, and you know, that was kind of the stuff I started buying at first. Everything I was listening to from freshman, sophomore, junior year. You know, I just kind of I I I did what a lot of people did and. Did the whole Columbia House thing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that till college. Bought like. a ton of music that I had always, you know, heard on the radio and stuff or listened to from friends or mm-hmm. whatever. Bought a ton of music and then I just kind of went from there. Um, I actually think I did that freshman year, freshman or sophomore year. And then I just, yeah, you know, didn't really start buying more until after that. But yeah, like I, I, I just... For some reason, Prince wasn't on my radar. He just wasn't. I don't know why. It's well, not like I didn't yeah, care I mean, for him. That's but, okay. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you know, after like the gold experience, it was kind of like, you know, he wasn't as uh, visible with, mm-hmm. the, with the albums and things like that. I mean, he, right. he got visible again to promote, promote the Emancipation album. He was doing interviews and, mm-hmm. you know, touring around the country. But mm-hmm. as far as like hits on the radio, yeah, right. I mean, he's definitely... You know, it was definitely you know on the way down, down. by the time the mid nineties okay. rolled That's what around. I so yeah, I didn't really remember. I think like yeah, I mean the most I remember is from high school, like you know him doing the Batman soundtrack because we used that in my cheerleading routine. Keep busted. So, yeah, that's like the most prints I think I ever got 
mm -hmm. when I was like in high school. And that was the first Prince album like I bought myself. Oh really? Was oh. like the Batman soundtrack. Mm -hmm. um, I think my mother gave me some money. I didn't have any money, so <laughs> so I got that. Uh -huh. You know, that was like the first, and I wore, wore that thing out. I yeah. used to always listen to it. Like had like a little boombox that my parents gave me for like Christmas or my birthday or something. So mm -hmm. in the summer, I was sitting on the porch. <laughs> I was playing my Batman soundtrack, just chilling on the porch. Right. A bunch of people go by. You couldn't tell me nothing. Right. Yeah. So we, we like my cheerleading squad. We included that my freshman year. So I was like fifteen. So that's nice. where I was. But yeah. After that, yeah. I mean, I didn't really like. I said I have too much Prince influence in my music collection. Um, unfortunately, I feel so unfortunate, like to not have had that, like mm. like to go back. I don't know with me and music. Like I'm just kind of like. If something's been out for a really long time, I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's kind of over. Even even if it's somebody I enjoy, right? And you all by now know how much I love Mariah. Well, there are like so many CDs actually after Glitter that you know the time just passed and I just never got those. Well, so, see, the thing is, yeah. good music is timeless, so that it's is like true. you can always go back. That I mean, is true. when I was when I bought like you know the hits and the B sides back in '93. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were songs on there from 1979, you know, 1980. Mm -hmm. Like, there was, yeah. you know, 15-year-old songs in. So, it's like, mm -hmm. if it's good, it's good. And, then, you right. know, I was rocking them. And it's like I'm discovering it for the first time, you yeah, know. that's true. Songs from, like, the Dirty Mind album, because I didn't have at the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, songs from the Prince album and For You. So, it was like mm -hmm. a revelation, you yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, I've listened to things over the years digitally. I just never, like... Bought. bought them mm -hmm. yeah but that's just how weird i am with music <laughs> i just don't go back and purchase but i should because like these days like music is just so womp womp. <laughs> i mean we already talked about that in the previous yeah. podcast we talked about the state of the music industry mm -hmm. um but you know what i liked about prince when i was a fan because it was you know he just did so many types of 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 songs and music and also this is what makes him special in mm -hmm. my opinion is he can do you know outside of like country yeah. <laughs> music or rap music he yeah. can do like any kind of genre of music and you saw that in his career how he morphed and and from album to album back in the day it was like you know prince was come up with something completely mm -hmm. new i mean the the difference between like purple rain in 84 and around the world in a day in 85 it's like night and day i mean it's completely mm. different sound you know a different texture and it was still like a good album like he was so good that he could do different things from album to album and it was like okay this is amazing like, there's no one out there who could do that mm -hmm. and that's what i liked about it. and that's part of the reason like to this day i listen to so much prince music mm -hmm. is because unlike any other artist i have lots of artists that i like mm -hmm. you know i love janet and Maxwell and Tony Braxton and Sade and Michelle and Cello and I love all those people but the thing is you know they're all going to you know it's the exception of Michelle she does some things different and branches out but for the most part they all give you the same thing like Maxwell album Urban Hang Sweet is going to sound like Black Summer's you know night or whatever it's called Black Summer's night mm -hmm. it's going to be good but it's going to kind of be the same thing with Prince everything was like so different like if mm -hmm. if i was in the mood for a slow r&b jam 
I could listen to Prince. Like, he has, like, dozens of songs like that. Mm-hmm. If I wanted an upbeat, like, rocking song, I could listen to Prince. Right. If I wanted a pop song, I could listen to Prince, you mm-hmm. know? If I wanted something that was just all funk, just some funky music, I could listen to Prince. Right. Dance music, I could listen to Prince. Okay. So that's why <laughs> that's I love Prince. That's why, I, you know, and I think about it, that's the reason I listen to Prince so much because yeah. no matter what mood I'm in, I know Prince has a couple of dozen songs that fit that mood, right. you know? So right. it's like... I can't do that with Sade. Like, it's like, I love Sade, but, you know, when I listen to Sade, like, you know, they make one kind of music. Yeah, so it's like, one type of thing, yeah. right. So it's like, if I want to listen to like an upbeat dance song, I can't listen to Sade for that. Right. You know, I have to find an, another group or another artist to listen to. With mm-hmm. Prince, it's like, oh, I can listen to this. I can mm-hmm. listen to this. I can listen because it was so many different things. So right. no matter what mood I was in, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, that's one that I think made him special and, and different from everyone else. Yeah. You know? I think that, um, yeah, going along with that, I mean, that just, um, that just um, goes, it just speaks towards his talent, which I think is what makes him special. I mean, he's just so unbelievably talented. I mean, just being able to play, you know, a variety of instruments and play them just so well, like just unbelievably well, like better than like, you know, most people can play their instruments, you know? Like, yeah, he's it's just crazy. He's just so good. Like, right. uh, it's something that Terry Lewis said many years ago. Like, I think it was like they were honoring Prince for something back around like 95, mm-hmm. 96, 94. And I remember Terry Lewis, Janet Lewis, who used to work for Prince in the time, he said, like, Prince was so good at his instrument that, like, you know, by playing all these instruments, he was so good that he was better than you at your instrument. That's your single instrument you played your entire life. <laughs> you know, like Terry Lewis, you know, he'll play like bass, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Prince would be like a better bass player than him. You know, mm-hmm. and that's like the one instrument he's like played in his entire life. Like, this is my joint. This right. is, I practice on this all the time. Right. And then Prince will know how to play better than that, play better than you on that. Yeah, and then he'll so play lead guitar, and then he'll play rhythm guitar, and mm-hmm. then he'll play keyboards. Then he'll get back behind the drum kit, and he'll play drums as well. Like, that's, that's just amazing. Yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah, I think that's just like, I mean, there's nobody out there that I know of that is like that, that can just, you know, yeah, people, master. All of them, yeah. Yeah. There's people who could play multiple instruments, but, right. you know, obviously weaker in some respects. And, like, Prince is so good that he's good enough to play on his own albums, Mm-hmm. those instruments like the one thing he didn't do as much as other things was play drums mm-hmm. like he played drums occasionally on albums mm-hmm. and so that would probably be his weakest instrument but he was still better than a lot of drummers out there you know mm-hmm. he wasn't like the best drummer so that's why he always it seemed to me when he recruited people for his bands like he got the best drummers I mean he he made yeah. it a point to get some hardcore drummers I and mean, he had Sheila he had Michael Bland. He had John Blackwell. He got some pretty powerful drummers because he know that's one instrument that he's not that good on, although he could do it, and he's done it on record before. Mm-hmm. And he played drums on, on the song Tambourine from Around the World in a Day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he was, he was you know, good at that. So it was just interesting. Like, he's just so good at everything. Right. And, um, yeah, I just think that, like, his his talent is just what makes him... I mean, it's the obvious thing that makes him his him special. But, yeah, I think that, I don't know. Like, he's just um, the type of musician that, um, that I've heard mostly from you. Um, that, you know, he just, you know, is so command, is so in command, um, I should say, of his, of his craft. And, you know, I know he, he writes, you know, 
all of his songs pretty much mm-hmm. and you know he's playing all these instruments and he's just he's just such um a musician you know i mean that's just like so rare to find someone so involved in their craft Mm -hmm. the way he was and i think but i think that speaks to the influences he had because if you think back in the day like you know the type of people that he looked up to and was influenced by those were also people who were like you know really true musicians you know back in the day when people played instruments and bands you know that sort of thing like these days it's like you know you just, I, I can't even think of one person. I can't even think of one person that would have, that embodies the type of musician and musicianship that Prince was and had, has. Yeah. yeah. He was, he was, he was music. Like He's like he, a one man band, really. Yeah. Like if you think of it, like, yeah. He, he was, you know, he had a symbiotic relationship with music. Like he was always looking to push the boundaries and do something different. Even mm-hmm. if he like failed spectacularly and like a song was whack or an album was bad, mm-hmm. like he always kept trying. I mean, always right. recording, always, always, always. Mm-hmm. He always looking for something new and he always found and seemed like he always found joy in making music and making new songs. You know, mm-hmm. like he was always on to the to the next song. Like, that was one thing he, you know, one of the issues he had with the record company back in the 80s and mm-hmm. 90s was he kept wanting to move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Like when he recorded Around the World in the Day album that came out in like April of 85, mm-hmm. he recorded that while they were doing like the Purple Rain tour, mm-hmm. you know, wow. purple, the year before in 84. So like he's out there on stage every night with the band, you know, doing these Purple Rain songs, doing 1999 songs, mm-hmm. Controversy. And then, outside of the time on stage, he's actually already thinking ahead to the next album, which sounds completely different. Like, he's right. always trying to get on to the next thing. And the same thing followed Around the World Today mm-hmm. and the Parade album, the, the soundtrack to Under the Cherry Moon, how, you know, when Around the World Today was out there, Raspberry Beret and Pop Life and all that stuff, he was already thinking about, you know, Kiss mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, Girls and Boys and all that stuff that was coming out in 86. So he was just always just thinking ahead because he, he, that was his life, music. You know, mm-hmm. that's what he did. Right. And, you know, one thing I want to say is, they don't want to interrupt you if you want to oh, say no, something. Like, one thing I, I thought that was so special about, like, he was, like, in his prime, like, he was killing the game on every level. And I don't think mm-hmm. people really realize how good he was because he, there was a point where, he was just making hits after hit after hit, like so many hits. I mean, he came up mm-hmm. with the time because he wanted to get music that uh, appealed to black audiences out there. So he wanted to make quote unquote black music. Mm-hmm. So he got the time together and started writing songs that were more, you know, funky songs, you know, songs that play well in the clubs mm-hmm. and, and black clubs and in cities. And he was just pushing off so much product that like, all his good, there's a lot of good stuff that couldn't even put on albums. They didn't even fit. Like, those are the B-sides, the singles. You know, mm-hmm. back in the day, kids, there was, a, you know, on records, they would have an A-side and a B-side. And mm-hmm. the A-side would usually be the single that the record company is trying to push to get radio stations to play. Right. And then the B-side would be just, like, another song that they could play. But it's not the one that's on the album. Right. And his B-sides were just banging. Like, his B-sides were so good that they could have been on anyone's album. And a lot of mm-hmm. the B-sides ended up being hits in their own right. Like, the B- some of the B-sides from the 80s he had were, like, 17 Days, 
you know, Erotic City. Like, how many times did you hear Erotic City on the radio right. growing up? Like, a million times. Right. And that was just the B-side. That wasn't on any album. Mm. You know, there was Another Lonely Christmas was another B-side. How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore. Mm. Like, he just had B-sides for days. Like, wow. Like, this guy had songs that are just so good. They didn't fit on the album, I guess, thematically or maybe for time consideration. Mm-hmm. So he said, well, let's throw on a B-side. And boom, that song's a hit. about Prince and it's like wow there are people who are kind of like they're true connoisseurs of of this man and of his music and mm-hmm. his legacy and um yeah like I've, I've just been thinking about that over the uh over the course of this week you know just like who's out there studying all these other big names so I you know I just you know this what you're saying is is like knowledge right here this is not just stuff that you just searched on the internet like tonight for this podcast well, yeah like, no this is the, I, I just want our listeners our new audience. listeners if you're out there <laughs> like to know like this is you know you are it you you know what you're talking about but it's funny know. like throughout my life you know i used to know more about prince than mm-hmm. anyone really that i met personally that, yeah. that i knew friends and co-workers and stuff right and then but once i got like onto the internet mm-hmm. and started seeing like there's <laughs> people who know a lot more about prince right. than i do yeah. like i know a lot more than the average person right and there are people who have like you know like thousands and thousands of hours of bootlegs you know mm-hmm. they have like the you know songs from 1981 mm-hmm. you know all takes of different songs and outtakes mm-hmm. and stuff. And, you know, I, I've gotten in, into that stuff more mm-hmm. through the years and, and, you know, gotten more outtakes and bootlegs. But mm-hmm. I didn't realize 
how many people out there just know so much more than me. So I know a lot. Yeah. And also it's kind of bad because, like, I feel kind of a, a certain way. Because <laughs> I'm kind of like a prince snob in a sense. And I feel a certain way that now that, like, you know, you know, people are talking about Prince and he's in the news and people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, talk about how much they love Prince, this and that. And I was like, but you haven't but listened you to Prince know. since like Diamonds and Pearls, yeah, you know? Right, and I'm right. pretty snobbish <laughs> about that because I stuck through Prince throughout the, like through the wilderness. Right. Through the years where yeah. he was doing New Power Soul when, mm-hmm. you know, Raven to the Joy Fantastic, you know, when he was like, you know. In the mid '90s, or you know, mid '90s, late '90s, and early 2000s, when mm-hmm. things were like, uh, I don't know what he's doing. Like I stuck through him through all of that. I mean, mm-hmm. listened to the crappy albums and picked out the one song, the two or three songs that I liked, mm-hmm. and and I've noticed that, like I, you know. I've heard everything that he's come out with, you know, mm-hmm. in the past 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. and it's just funny how people are like, "Oh, I'm a Prince fan." So yeah, but. Like, he's come out with, like, 10 albums since the last time you actually, like, bought a Prince, you know, <laughs> yeah. album or a song. And it's like, and mm-hmm. it's a shame because there, there, there's a lot of good stuff there, you know. People yeah. only think about the big hits and, mm-hmm. you know, Diamonds and Pearls, Raspberry Beret and Cream mm-hmm. and Kiss and those kinds of things. But, I mean, since uh, since the 90s began, like, he still has some really, really, really good songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just weren't, you know, radio hits. I mean... Mm-hmm. And some of them were buried on bad albums, but and that's yeah, one thing I liked about albums. Prince. Like I, I can always find a few good songs on a Prince album to me. Like mm-hmm. even no matter how bad an album is, like mm-hmm. something like New Power of Soul, like I can find two or three songs. Like you know what, this album sucks, <laughs> but there are two songs I like, and that's mm-hmm. the kind of mentality I started to take over the years with Prince. It's like yeah, he's gonna have a new album. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay, I only like three songs on here, but I but hey, these are some good three songs. And yeah. And with the way things are with, you know, playlists and, and iPhones and, you yeah. know, iTunes and all that, like, now you can just pick the songs you want. You so want, it, make your own. Right. So, his last thing, few yeah. albums, you know, his last three albums are okay. I mean, one of them isn't that good, Hit and Run Phase 1, but there's, like, a couple of good songs on there. There's mm-hmm. a couple of good songs on Hit and Run Phase 2. There's some mm-hmm. good songs on Artificial Age. So, mm-hmm. boom, I take the, the, the good songs from there, those three albums, I got me a good 12... 12 track playlist yeah. that's really really good <laughs> mm-hmm. and and i and i implore people and, and hope that people will go back and look at the most recent albums and output and see that mm-hmm. like even though they weren't big chart toppers and you didn't hear them on the radio there's some good songs there and i just think mm-hmm. you know and i know i'm not i'm getting very you know wordy here but i just think a lot of his Prince was like the expectation of Prince where he was a so good for so long mm-hmm. in the 80s. He just had that run from like, you know, let's say 80 to 88, for example, mm-hmm. that, you know, you hear stuff now. It's like, eh, it's good, but it's not like Kiss. But if it was another type of artist that released that exact same album, mm-hmm. people might be like, wow, this is a great album. Mm-hmm. Be- but because it's not up to Prince's like yeah. 80 standards, people right. are like, ah, it's okay, not very really good. Yeah. But if some Joe Blow <laughs> released something like Artificial Age, mm-hmm. they might be like, yo, this album is banging, mm-hmm. you know? So, and that's the thing too. I just think it's like the expectation of the Prince. But I do encourage people to go out there and, and check out his newer, newer stuff, you know, mm-hmm. stuff from... The t- to, from the 2010s. I mean, there's some mm. good songs out there, and you can find them. Yeah, I think um, just just aside. I mean, I think that happens with uh, a lot of artists, especially from like our generation stuff that we grew up with. You know, it's kind of hard when artists like you know Prince has been consistently 
putting out music, um, which may or may not contribute to, you know, how, like, you feel about, like, or other people, I should say, feel about, um, you know, stuff that's more new, newer, you know, in 2000s versus, like, stuff in the 80s, you know, it's just, like, if they've been, if they've been sticking with them to see, like, that, you know, transition. But in general, like, I kind of feel like our artists that we grew up with, like, you know, they they haven't, a lot of artists haven't been consistent. A lot of the big artists from back when we were growing up, you know, weren't really consistent with putting out stuff, like, past college for us. Yeah. Like and they, then it's like, when you hear it, you're just like, oh, it doesn't sound like, you know. I mean, I think, I'm just saying that just, I think that just happens over time. And a lot of people, unfortunately, just don't stick with those artists. You know, they just don't, they, they're just like, well, whatever, you can put out something in 10 years. So, like, you know, and then if they do listen to it, they're just like, oh, this is crap. They just kind of automatically dismiss it. That's how I feel like about, this is so random but <laughs> and off topic, but I'm going to wrap it up. Um, d- just like Boys to Men. Like, mm. I've always been a Boys to Men fan. I think they are marvelous singers. Like, I just, I mean, they're just great. Like, but their new stuff, you know, I've I have one of their newer CDs, like well past, like when did I, when did we get that CD? CD was like, I don't know, two thousand. We were in New York, so it was like twenty ten or something like that. I think sure, sure. That's they like came out somewhere, and it was a good. It was oh, it was the one they redid like a lot of cover. It did covers. Uh huh. But it was good. You know, it was covers. It wasn't their, like, original music. But it was it was still really good because they can sing. You know what I'm saying? Like, that. I mean, that's just how I feel about it. I don't, you know, know how other people feel about Boys and Men. But, you know, I think a lot of Boys and Men's fans wouldn't even pick that up. Because it's like, oh, well, you haven't put out something in. Right. God knows how long you fell off. Like, you know? Right. So I just think that just happens with a lot of artists. Anyway, we don't really give them the time of day. You know? Yeah. After a certain period of time, you know, it's like, ugh. You know, yeah, because people kind of like go into like the the oldie act circuit where they, mm-hmm. you know, they like they 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 go on the tours like you know, right? Like right now, there's a tour coming up in D.C. in March or uh, May seventh. Mm-hmm. You got like you Joe got Dece. you got your Joe to see. <laughs> you got your one twelve. You got your Elder Bar. You got your total. You got your total. <laughs> you got your you got your Black Street. You got your Black Street. You got your you got it's Carl Thomas there. I think maybe I think so. I think you got your Carl Thomas. I think so. <laughs> and you got your Black Rob. So you got like all these old folks, right? right? So nineties. <laughs> like, right. And it's like so it's kinda like people just expect them like, okay, now you can just move on to the old old folks circuit right. of music, and, which kinda sucks. I mean because yeah. like some of these people can probably still sing and still provide good music, sure. but it's like you kinda like shuffle them along and move them to something new. I guess it's like mm-hmm. when it comes to music, it's like a young folks game. Like I think for the vast majority of people, when they first really got into music and really started buying music, I mean, it's obviously it was the case with, between you and I because we talked about it, but it's high school. Like, high school yeah. age, you know, when you're between 14 and 18, it's like when you start getting into music hardcore mm-hmm. and you start buying music, listening to music and uh, going to concerts and things like that. Right. And I think the case is it's, it's like a young young person's game. Like, once, you know, you start to grow up, you start to think about other things, more responsibilities, and you might not listen to music as much or like, or, pay, or buy music or go to concerts as much. Mm-hmm. So the people that you liked before, you know, they're not getting your support as much because mm-hmm. you're not buying their CDs anymore. And, like, the younger folks have their own music from people right. their age and right. their era. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, so that's why you'll see, like, well, people's not, people are not going to buy anything from Jodeci. I mean, Jodeci was huge back in the 90s when you were in high school. Yeah, but, like, sure. now, like, 
like someone's you know someone who's 18 now isn't checking they're for Jodeci. Checking for Jodeci. <laughs> you yeah, know, right. not not at least they got their own people they're checking for. You know, mm-hmm. they're checking for like you know the weekend or Jeremiah or somebody like that. So. Mm-hmm. I think it's a matter of like where you were in high school and then those are the people you tend to like the most and kind of continue to follow along with. and mm, Right. Which, yeah, makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Um, kind of a weird transition, but we're going to kind of talk about going back to Prince. Uh, talking about his... Um, charitable giving. A lot of information has come out. Yeah, like a lot of people giving, didn't... Giving yeah. money to things mm-hmm. and causes and people and mm-hmm. people didn't know that about Prince. Like me being like a Prince snob, like I knew, I know a lot about the, you know the, the of the charity that he's done over the years. And I know he, like he's taken care of people that he's worked with before. Like there are times where I remember like a few years ago, was, you know, like well let's go back. You know, his drummer, former drummer in the Revolution, Bobby V. I think like when Prince decided he was going to change groups and move on to another another band. Mm-hmm. You know, he gave everyone their walking papers, but I think, you know, I read something like he gave, like, Bobby Z, like, a year severance. You know, he didn't have to do anything mm. like that. And, and then when Bobby Z had, like, a health problems, like a heart attack a few years ago, Prince contributed a lot of money to help him with his mm. medical bills. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's done that for people. He's he's given money to different causes, like the, there's music school in, in Chicago that he's you know, given a lot of mm-hmm. money to different organizations. So I knew about that stuff. But yeah. now, like... But you like to keep everything private as much as possible. I mean, yeah. he, he performed during the Purple Rain tour and their off nights where they didn't have an official show. They would go perform for, like, underprivileged kids. Like, oh, wow. they would go to hospitals where they were, like, sick kids, you know? Mm-hmm. And the band would perform for, for kids and things like that, which is, like, amazing. But it that's, is amazing. That stuff really wasn't advertised because, you know, he didn't want that out. Like, he, for whatever reason, he just wanted to keep it private. Right. And, you know, now that, you know, he's gone, people are talking about all the stuff he's done and all the different money he's given to different organizations mm-hmm. I mean, he gave i just read today he gave eighty thousand dollars to help with the medical bills of clyde stubblefield and if you don't know who clyde stubblefield was he was a, a drummer back in like the 50s and 60s who, who came up with the so-called funky drummer breakbeat mm-hmm. that has been sampled by like hundreds of rap songs over the years so he was like mm-hmm. a funk drummer you know james brown and all that mm-hmm. and a few years ago he was having cancer treatment and Prince gave $80,000 wow. to like help him through his cancer. And mm-hmm. Clyde Stubblefield's still alive today. Wow. So, you know, he's done stuff like that over the years. So mm-hmm. I, I wasn't surprised that he's done secret charity, charitable work, mm-hmm. but then to hear how much, you know, he's done was kind of a surprise just to mm-hmm. hear everyone talk about like, Oh, I didn't know about that. I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's very interesting because he didn't want people to know about that and like he has this image like it could be aloof and mm-hmm. and yeah. mean-spirited and he would you know be mean to people in his life and be you know wishy-washy and very moody and mm-hmm. you know fire people on the spot and things like that but then this other half of him is like he's making these millions of dollars selling records and doing shows and right. he's giving so much money away to people and charity and helping people out personally and mm-hmm. and not you know making sure that hey, hey don't tell anybody about this you know give a hundred thousand dollar check but he didn't want anybody to know mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, that was just amazing i mean what did, what did you think about that i mean it was um not surprising um uh, because i feel like a lot of celebrities give and you know they want to keep it quiet and um which i just think is unfortunate um yeah i don't know why i don't know why i to, to this day i just don't understand why you know celebrities whoever famous people 
uh, whoever they may be, actors, yeah. musicians. I don't know why they keep it quiet. And this is just like a, a, a random thing. I just like, especially with black actors and musicians, like I wish they would talk about what they give to because it's something that I feel like in our community, like we don't do enough of. And when I was in my grad program, like that was something that I taught. I had a class like finance class that talked about like, you know, we talked partly about like alumni donations and there are studies and stuff that show that a lot of black graduates don't give back to their colleges. And that just, and and my professor was black and he kind of also spoke to the fact that that's kind of like something that's, I don't want to say like it's known, but it's perceived that black people don't donate, that we aren't charitable. Right. And I know that's like far from the truth, but you know, it kind of makes me think like, man, like I know we give, you know, especially those of us who are fortunate enough to, you know, make tons and tons of money, again, famous people. And they, you know, I would love to hear more about that. So I love when I hear anybody that's in a position, you know, of influence that they give back, you know. And so I wish we could have heard more about Prince giving. Yeah, because I think it's like in some respects he was like humble. Right, I mean, someone he he he's like a true Gemini in the sense that like <laughs> he he has two sides of him. I mean, that's something he's played up in music videos and in his mm-hmm. songs, where like you know one side of him is like very humble, but mm-hmm. other side he other side is like he's got a massive ego, mm-hmm. and so I guess he just didn't want people to know. But like you know, to your point about you know celebrities letting people know, like I think it serves good. If the celebrities do, t- you know, let people know. I mean, you don't have to make it a big show about it as far as, like, making right. it all about you. But right. if you make it known that you're giving charitable donations, I mean, it would help other folks who, like, you know, kind of, like, lead by example. Get right. other folks out there to think about, you know, giving giving back, giving back for mm-hmm. charity, you know, giving back their time to mm-hmm. other folks. Uh, I think that really helps if you see that mm-hmm. someone's giving money. I mean, I think some folks also, when it comes to celebrities, maybe some of them, and maybe this is just me being... Uh, too much of a cynic, but thinking they don't want to hurt their careers in the sense that, mm. you know, they don't want someone to know that they gave to a certain organization that other folks don't like. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, there might be people who, That's true. you know, they don't want folks to know that they gave to the NAACP because, mm. you know, they might be people of another race who, like, don't like the NAACP. It's all oh, you know, so and so gave to the NAACP. Like, oh, I don't like him because I don't like that organization. Like, you know, it would just it, it would seem weird that, that someone would not do that. But there are people out there who would don't would not like they it. Don't if hurt you, their careers. Yeah. Yeah. If you you know gave money to a certain certain group, so mm-hmm. I mean, the cynic of me thinks you know that might be part of it for a lot of celebrities that don't let it be known. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them are maybe you know humble and in that i mean it, i mean it is what it is i mean it's their money and they they made their money and they on their talent so they can they can give their money as they please yeah i just you know i me selfishly just wish there was you know they would let it let it be known more but yeah i mean well it's public record but you know it's kind of like you always hear of houses that they buy you know what i'm saying you hear of you know, yeah, but they're not like the ones material. telling it. They're not telling well, people it was bought a house. Well, I know, but I'm just saying it's just kind of like that type of information gets is is public and it gets out there. And I don't. It, it's funny because it's like, don't you think that like buying some ten million dollar house comes across some kind of way, whereas like donating like a million dollars to whatever charity? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
like we don't see enough in our society of the balance, mm-hmm. which is why I wish, you know, they would talk more about it. Because we do hear, again, I know it's public record that, you know, oh, they just bought this like big house or they just bought this and they just, or they went on this big vacation. I mean, all these places that they go, we know it's expensive, you right. know, or they're seen on yachts and things like that. So we see a lot of that, not just buying houses, but just we see a lot of the kind of the material stuff. And it, it would be really nice to, to hear of the other side. And I mean, if people want to talk badly about, oh, you donated to this, I don't like this. Well, screw you. Like, <laughs> would you rather hear about me on my yacht? Or <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Like, that's how I, I think of it. I feel like we don't see enough balance. We see a lot of the wealth spent in other ways. We see them walking, you know, down the street. You know, paparazzi photos and and twenty thousand dollars worth of clothes, or you know, these, you know, jewelry and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like. You rather that be out than what you give to people? Yeah, I know it doesn't, it doesn't make any <laughs> yeah. any any sense. I mean, it's it's kind of weird, but I mean, yeah. I'm not a celebrity, so I can't really. Yeah, I don't know what their yeah mindset is. Right, with that, I can't but speak it seems to that. Weird. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's great that he has given so much, and um, yeah, I think I think that will maybe change maybe some people's opinions of him. They didn't think that he was a giving type of person. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. I mean, I hope people like look at look at that and realize like, wow, like he really did a lot. I mean, I'm seeing I'm seeing it on Twitter. Like I've seen people you know post uh, links to articles and you know see replies and say, oh man, I didn't know he did that. I didn't right. know he did that. Like it looks like you know people's opinions are being shaped by you know these these leaks about like all the good that he did and mm-hmm. he, how much he did it in secret and didn't want people to know. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, speaking of, you know, just moving on, speaking of, like, secrets, I guess, mm. you know, it's well known and, and discussed about Prince that he has, like, a vault full of unreleased music. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's music that he's worked on and, and, you know, in various states of completion, maybe complete songs, complete albums, or maybe it's just a demo or maybe it's just, mm-hmm. you know, instrumentals and no lyrics. And, you know, something he's had for many years. And, and that's how a lot of times he made his music where he would he would pull out something that he first worked on in 82. You know, it'd be mm. something like, you know, Strange Relationship from the Sign of the Times album. Mm-hmm. You know, that came out in 1987. But I believe he like initially started working on that like 82 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he was someone who, would, you know, work on stuff. And if he didn't find, a, a you know, if he couldn't get into this place where he wanted it. Mm-hmm. Or get it to, uh, you know, find a place for it on an album that makes sense. You know, he would just put it away and then come back to it later. Mm-hmm. So apparently, you know, it's no one knows how many songs he has in this vault. I mean, I've heard anywhere between, you know, a few hundred to like twenty thousand. Which oh my gosh, I find I find twenty thousand. Kind of yeah, that's far fetched. I don't mm-hmm. think it's twenty thousand, but I'm sure it's it's probably at least you know a thousand, probably close mm-hmm. to a thousand mm-hmm. songs. What what do you think? should happen to this music that is in his vault like do you think it should be you know let me give you some choices okay, <laughs> do you think it should be released you know as is if it's a song or a released but then with someone finishing it well finishing the production if say it's like a song that didn't have the drums mm-hmm. do you think it, nothing should be released at all or do you think just only some of stuff should be released? Maybe if he had two actually completed albums in there, do you think mm-hmm. those two should be released and then leave everything else behind? Like, what do you think should happen to music in the vault? 
That's so no, it's actually not really hard. I think um I mean maybe this sounds really harsh, but I don't think it should be I do not think it should be released. Anything should be released. Because um I fancy myself a writer sometimes. And so I just think about immediately that makes me think about like, man, would I want any like half written like books or half written like I think about my book that I have that I'm still writing and it's so like not edited and I would just be upset <laughs> if that was out the way it is now and you know I've got tons of drafts of blog posts well that's like that's, stuff that's, like that's that. un- uh, incomplete or un- incomplete stuff yeah. but, but what about like he I read an interview where he said I don't know if it's true but he said he had a couple of revolution albums done and like a time mm. album where it's like it's completed, it's sequenced, but it's just sitting in the vault and probably needs to be like, you know, cleaned up audio wise, you know, mm-hmm. because a lot of the stuff he did, the, that I mean, if it's was to like that point, analog. then I guess if people know that, like, I mean, because who really, who works with him well enough to know, like, this is, I know this is complete. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, he's had so many people working for him. I mean, right. he's in one of his longtime engineers, Susan Rogers, she was like probably one of the first people to talk about the vault mm-hmm. in the 80s and how much stuff that he had there. Mm-hmm. Um, and she knows, you know, the current people probably know um, of stuff. But I mean, I'm sure they have like, they have pieces of the puzzle, but not the whole puzzle. You know, right. like you know, it's like how they I they used to say about the KFC like original recipe, like <laughs> you know, ten different people know like one portion of it or something yeah. like that. So I think it's like a lot of people who know about a few things. So I because they were there, like oh yeah, he re- he recorded these four songs. I was there for that, and mm. you know, another person says oh yeah, I was there when he recorded these five or six songs. Right. And, but no one, you know, there's no one person that knows like everything and knows. Okay, these are the song. These are the albums that he completed, and he wants. He was going to release at some point, or these are the things that are just done, and he was fine with. He was just waiting to release. I don't think there's anyone who knows mm-hmm. that. Right. That's 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 the thing I think about. Like, if they don't know for sure, then I just say like, don't do it. I mean, because you know, I mean, you know better than I do, but he comes across as a perfectionist. And I just feel like, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I just feel like this is this is like what you do. You think, what will Prince do? <laughs> like, would he want these things released, you right. know? And only the people very close to him would know that. Just given, I mean, I just know, like, you've played me various uh, Prince um, sessions where he's, like, just playing, 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 playing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, I mean... I just that to me comes across as he's just trying to get it right, right. to his liking, you yeah. know. So I I don't I don't think that they should be released because like I don't I don't know I would want if there's something like you said if there's something that's done that people in his camp knew he wanted to release but there's just this little thing that needed to be done fine but other than that I don't think they should just go willy nilly just releasing stuff. Yeah, well, I mean. I'm sure as a fan, you would want to know here. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but. no, I, I agree to an extent. I mean, it's his art. Maybe because I've had so much, and, like, there's so much Prince music. I mean, he released on his own and maybe 40, 44, 45 albums, right? Wow. I mean, I know the official tally is, like, 38, but then there's, like, a few he released, like, on his own, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on his own uh uh, website in the mid two thousands that aren't ca- counted in the official list. Mm-hmm. So there's just so much music out there that's like, you know what? 
most people you just you don't need that stuff. Yeah. You know, you've got you got all this other Prince music that's already out there and it's available. Right. Like you really don't need all the this extra stuff. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to Debbie Down and I really mm-hmm. don't want to go down this road because I just want to you know keep talking about the music. But you and I both know, and I think most people know, like there's a lot of money involved with with those songs, and those yeah. they're, they're they're going to get out there. They're, I mean. It's a shame that, you know, it's going to go down. It's going to be messy and stuff's going to get out. You know, the same thing's going to happen to happen with Michael Jackson and people, you know, record company released stuff that like Michael Jackson would have released himself. Fans Mm -hmm. were upset, you know, songs were changed and things happened. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the same thing because it's money talks and it's going to happen. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to happen with, you know, people who are ultimately left in control of things. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be honest. I think they're going to. I, I'm afraid they might make some bad decisions and look out for themselves and fight over things. And mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is. So, I mean, it, it, it's going to come out anyway. I mean, that's the bottom line. I mean, yeah. I, I can, I, I would have no problem if it never came, if stuff never came out, mm-hmm. but I'm afraid it will. And then like, you know, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be handled well. I'm, I'm afraid. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of think that too. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't want to talk about that anymore because that's a sad part to me. Yes, a... it is. Yeah. Um... What do you think? Because you know it's going to happen. They're going to have a tribute. Yeah. The next thing now is looking at various award shows coming up. That I mean, will you got the BET Awards, BET Awards, video, uh, MTV Awards. Yeah. Then the American Music Awards. The next year is going to be the Grammy. Mm-hmm. So that's like four upcoming awards where I'm guaranteed all of them are going to do some sort of Prince tribute. Right. Um, what do you think of that? <laughs> what do I think of that? Um, I think the tributes are probably not going to live up to the expectations of true Prince fans. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, it's, you know, I'm thinking back um, just quickly, like, to like the Whitney tributes yeah. and like M- Michael Jackson tributes and I'm drawing a blank like mm-hmm, yeah are I you mean, dry- like do you do you remember any that stood out to you like that anybody did uh, nope isn't that sad yeah it's sad I mean because that means that there weren't good ones and yeah. these are like obviously well, two like huge yeah you I, know, I can't remember I, I know. I remember Janet did tribute, and that was good. Right. You remember, I don't know which right. award show it was, but then Janet did. One, yeah. But Janet did "Scream." That's the song they did together. Right. And she came out and did like the same choreography. Right. It may have been the MTV Awards. Like so, basically. Yeah, probably because video. Yeah. In the video, instead of like you know, it was basically like the video of Michael Jackson on the big screen, but then but Janet it was, Jan- her it was her live right. doing her right. part. And you know that was cool because it was, was like, awesome. yeah, it was like yeah. Janet and her brother. Okay. That that was sweet. Yeah, you know, I, yeah I remember okay. that one. <laughs> That's the only yeah, one I remember. I can't remember. And I mean, and and to throw David Bowie out there. I mean, obviously that that's fresh, fresher. Right. So um, that, yeah, that was you know Gaga. So Gaga killed it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, this is sad. Like so, in in that in that sense, when I think about those two, like I'm thinking like God, like I hope whatever anybody does for Prince is worth it and I mean in my opinion I know people have already started throwing out names of you know who they think should do it I mean I honestly would not be um 
mad if <laughs> any um, award show decided to just show Prince videos. Yeah, I mean, they like, should do you know that. Like, they should like, just show, like, his live performances yeah. like, and show Prince videos. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if, you, if, if you're not going to do that and you have to have artists involved, yeah. then I would say the only artists who should be involved are people who work, like, directly with him. Yeah, so, like, totally. members of, like, the Revolution or MPG or the Time, Time you know, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Jimmy yeah. Jam is on, the, like, the board of the, of the Grammys. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's someone who should probably be involved with the Grammys tribute. Right. Um, also, you know, people I think who who he respected and people that really were influenced by him and his music. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's people like, you know, I think D'Angelo would be all right. Mm -hmm. um, Michelle and Cello, Janelle Monet, Like, those are folks mm -hmm. who, you know, you can tell in their music and how they how they prepare music, how they right. work with their craft, that they were influenced by him. He also worked with them in the past mm -hmm. on some level and and, and enjoyed them and, and performed with them. So mm -hmm. I think those would be good choices. But, I mean, if, if you know, if it's recent history is any indication, I mean, you know the war show is going to do something like they're going to bring somebody out like The weekend or... Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Jeremiah or, you know, Miguel or somebody. Yeah, those they, are names that have been tossed around. I'm and I'm like, like no, no, they're not Prince. <laughs> like, they're not Prince. Like, just because a guy can sing like a little falsetto. It's just like when I said when Michael Jackson died and everyone kept saying, you know, even before Michael Jackson, they were calling like Chris Brown, like the next the Michael new, Jackson. Yeah. I'm like, no, just because you can pop lock and, 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 and moonwalk doesn't mean you're the next Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. There's nothing about Chris Brown that screams Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson was a transcendent magical performing figure it's like mm -hmm. what he did was like magic i mean his his whole personality his demeanor mm -hmm. was totally different it was magical it was intoxicating and he was like a you superstar he was mesmerizing michael. and just because chris brown can dance doesn't mean oh well he could do the moonwalk like michael jackson he should do a michael jackson tribute no he doesn't seem like <laughs> michael jackson michael right. jackson's voice was an instrument he was an amazing singer i mean he was very good and he and just like prince he knew music he bred right. music he knew what he wanted yeah. when he got into the studio he was a perfectionist he knew exactly yeah. what he wanted it's like no that's not chris brown so right. don't throw him out there just because he can dance and i feel like they're gonna do the same thing with prince where you know people said the miguel's most recent album i don't remember the name of it maybe it was wild heart or something you know i remember when that came out a couple of years ago people were kind of comparing it to prince in mm. such a way and i listened to some of it like online i'm thinking okay it's okay but you know yeah. just because it has a little a little quirkiness doesn't make it Prince and right. and don't use that as an excuse to throw him out there. Like yeah. no man, like have people who who are really, you know, influenced by Prince and how they make the music, how to how they carry themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's why I mean I would prefer no one did anything but just like I said, just <laughs> yeah. show old. I mean they could show conference yeah. like they should contact the estate and you know if the estate's going to be out there releasing like vault stuff anyway, contact them and like get footage of those concerts. Like he recorded mm -hmm. everything he did. Mm -hmm. outside of these like you know little one-off after shows in like a small club mm -hmm. but every concert that he did that was in a, a venue that was a proper concert show mm -hmm. he recorded he had, him per, he had, had him freshly recorded and BET they were yeah. showing like a lot of like yeah, yeah there's old stuff I mean there's like the, the Love Sexy tour there's the Sign of the Times tour you know there's like the Purple Rain tour in 85 at, at, in Syracuse like the, and, and those are like the ones that are officially released but then there's also like every other show that he did he records like mm -hmm. he actually you know does the audio recording and the video recording so 
and like the musicology like tour like take the real stuff that was recorded mm-hmm. and just show that instead you know because yeah, not everyone's like, selling yeah. a concert like show some concert stuff that people didn't get to see so you could see like how amazing he was right. in concert but don't have to have these like imitators come out and you know, just and just not right. do it as well as yeah. yeah. They're, not, they're not going to. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. Like no one can hand, hold a candle to him. And I just think he's just so much of a legend. I mean, there's yeah, there's people who are really good in music who've passed over the years, and people who, you know, someone can come up and do like a a fitting tribute and sing their songs and and dance mm-hmm. a little. But there's certain figures in, in popular music that are just so transcendent, so above everyone else. It's not even close. I mean, yeah. people like Prince. People like Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Stevie Wonder, like James Brown. Mm-hmm. Like those are like folks who are just so far above everyone else yeah. in popular music that right. there's no one who would come out there and do a proper tribute unless it's like another like legend on that level. You know what right. I'm saying? Like yeah, the only one who could do like a proper like Stevie Wonder like tribute would like be like Prince. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? It yeah. can't be like, okay, you're going to do a Stevie Wonder tribute and mm-hmm. then we're going to put like... I don't know, like R. Kelly out there or right. something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, Bryson Tiller or somebody. I don't know. Just, yeah. I'm just naming people. It's not like what they just did recently. Obviously, he is not dead, but with the Lionel Richie uh, tribute that they did, uh, what what, what award show was that? Was, was that for this year's Grammys? I don't no, know. that's not. No, it was. Maybe it was, was Grammy. I don't know. I can't remember. They're all the same. They all run together. But yeah, it was terrible, <laughs> basically. It was like the worst tribute ever. Um,. Yeah, and, and yeah, I don't understand. Like, this was the man that you were honoring, giving him a special award or whatever. Maybe it was a BT award, whatever. But, like, yeah, it was just kind of like, dude, like, this is, like, the worst tribute ever. Because they, so. they don't think about, like, they don't think, the people who produce these shows are typically, they're producers. It's television mm-hmm. producers. They're thinking of television considerations. They don't mm-hmm. think about the actual artist what they meant, what their mm-hmm. influence They're was, about the ratings and the music. Right? Who can we get? Who can we like get exactly? The ratings. I mean, it, that's what happens yeah. with the Grammys every year when they do these like mashups of different people yeah. who don't make any sense. Like, yeah. no, that doesn't make any sense. Like, what you're gonna have? Like, you know, you're gonna have Miguel with Megan Trainer, like, right? Like, you know, what do stuff like that. that make? Exactly. Like, nobody asks for that. Nobody wants that. <laughs> it's just like. I don't know. It's just weird. But yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think there's going to be um, any good tributes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I would just rather see some videos of Prince because nobody can form, can perform Prince better than Prince. <laughs> right. Yeah. No one, can, no one can do Prince but Prince. Yeah. But I, I, which kind of begs the question, is there any artist or I mean, I know we don't listen to the radio as much as we used to in our old age. But are there any artists, anyone you've heard or that you know of who can be considered the quote unquote next prince? I mean, is there anyone out there who can take the mantle and like, you know, obviously not be as, I don't think as good as prince or as popular, but someone who's like really got the skills to like, you know, someone can be considered the next prince, you know, is there anyone out there? I mean, not that I, not that I see right now. I mean, maybe some unknown person. And you know, I've been listening to a lot of Spotify lately in terms of just trying to see what's out there. Since I, you know, don't really anything. Anytime I listen to the radio, I have to turn it off because <laughs> it's just like blah. But yeah, when I listen to Spotify, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I've discovered some people who sound good, but are they the next Prince? No, I, I wouldn't say that. I don't think anybody out right now that we know of that's popular enough would even come close. There's no one that comes close. And the thing of it is, it's like what I was saying earlier. It's like he was such a, you know, a student of music. He was so, in, I don't know, like the influence that he had, it just, it just poured out of him and just he just made that influence his own and just yeah. developed his talent to just this unbelievable high level. And just, again, with all the instruments that he learned and I mean, he was just, I don't know, like there's, he did it because you could see he loved music. And I don't know if there's anybody out there that is at that level of, musicianship again like right. and being a true musician like there are people who study in a sense being a performer an entertainer um but i don't think there are, there's anybody out there who like has studied like him to be a, a true musician and just be like this all-encompassing yeah you know yeah, I, I agree. Talent. I mean, I don't think there's. I don't think I. I bias because I like I said. Yeah, I'm I know. A Prince, <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to be like Prince, and and also we've talked about this before in a previous podcast. Like mm. I think the problem with like you know, musicians today, a lot of them are they don't look to like the legends. You know, they don't. They don't. Mm-hmm, they, don't right. they don't learn their musical influences aren't the same. Like people who grew up in like. Prince's era and Michael Jackson's era, they were the same age, they were born in the same year. Mm-hmm. It's like their influences were the greats. Like they yeah. looked at James Brown, they looked at Jackie Wilson, you mm-hmm. know, people like that. Prince looked right. at folks like, you know, Sly Stone, mm-hmm. um, you know, a bunch of other folks, Santana. So they looked at people, they looked up to people who were already great and that right. you know, let them. You know, influence their music, but I think musicians and artists today, like they, they are. It's like they're not going to the original source. Like right, they're like right. a photocopy of a photocopy. It's right. like if you want to make a photocopy of a document, to get the best quality copy of it is mm-hmm. to take the original document. Right. But if you take a photocopy of a photocopy of the photocopy of the photocopy of the original document, mm-hmm. you know that fifth generation copy is not going to be. Yeah, it's, it's good. The good. quality is going to be good. And I think that's what artists do today. Like, they're they're not looking... You know, some of them do look to Michael Jackson. I can't say they don't because Michael Jackson is such a big transcendent star. Yeah. But I think there's people who, they'll, you know, someone who's coming out today is looking towards mm. Chris Brown, you know? Right, right. And Chris Brown is like a, a an inferior copy of... What, Usher? Uh, of Usher. <laughs> who, who is like an inferior copy of, like... Bobby Brown, which is like an inferior copy of yeah. Michael Jackson in a way, you know. I mean, right. I'm just I'm I'm right. simplifying it for the purposes of my right. of my but yeah, argument. Just going but yeah. down like generation to generation, yeah, they don't look back. I mean, I just think that's the issue today with music why it's not so great because I mean it's just um, you know they're just people who just are influenced by you know people who yeah like you said just aren't they aren't themselves that great or they have been influenced by like these copy actors this person at the person at the per- like you know not the original person like right. today it's like when you watch any of these uh, uh i was gonna say award shows when you watch any of these like talent shows you know the voice or american idol right. you watch these type of shows um you hear these people like who they were influenced by and it's always somebody like from the 2000s like right. you know what i'm saying yeah. like not it's like i wonder dude like 
especially younger millennials, like, you know, the 18 to 25 set, like, like, do they even know, like, music existed before 1990? Like, because so, just when I hear, like, influences again, like, from these, these people on TV shows, it's like, you know, there there's music, like, before 1990. Yeah, I don't know. 95. Like, I don't know what they listened to. Like, when we were growing up, like, you know, we were born in the 70s. And but we knew of and listened to music that predated us. I yeah, mean, we exactly. listened to music from the seventies and sixties. You right. know, like we know about the Motown songs and and yep. and, and you know, like the um, you know the Philadelphia Sound and those artists and the Stax records. Like you know, yeah, we know about all that stuff before us. Like I think right. kids today and those who are growing up, like they don't they don't reach far as far back for their influences as mm-hmm. as we did you know like yeah. i said they don't really go back that far mm-hmm. and it's just interesting because because of the internet you know they have access to like every piece of music ever recorded like they can find yeah, they everything can find online anything. Yeah. but then but then they you know a lot of times they don't i mean of course some people do but it seems like they don't because they kind of just stick to because because of the way the internet's set up and the download and everything you can download spe- you can get specifically what you want you right. say I want this specific song you can find it and right. download it right. it's not like back in the day when we were growing up and you had like tapes right and you had to buy you bought the tape and you listened to the whole thing right like right. you didn't just say I like this one song and then right. just go you you bought the tape the whole album right. and you listened to it over and over and over again and even though you going in you may not have thought that you were going to like the entire thing you ended up do, liking the entire mm-hmm. the entire album, but with kids, there's no there's no incentive. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. You, you just hear pick... a song that you like, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna just go download that, right? And I don't have to listen to an entire album. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like I, I think I mentioned it one time before in an earlier podcast, maybe about you know Uptown Funk and Bruno Mars. Right. How, you know, people are like, oh, that's a great song, it's a funky song. It's like, yeah, but that's kind of like a bite of those early '80s funk bands. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a bite off of Prince in the time of cameo of confunction mm-hmm. it's like you know it's an all right song but it's like it's a it's a copy, copy of, of, copy. of, of, of a, a copy of yeah. a copy of, a, of <laughs> original funk you know that's why right. it's, it's, it sounds so watered down and basic i mean it's, it's a good catchy song but it's like if you want to hear the real funk you got to reach back yes yeah, to, to, to the time you know <laughs> right. to cameo like they're the ones who who are doing the funk that you know brumar mars is like imitating so i think right that's you know, but people who listen to it, they don't know that. You they know, they, don't know. they just hear Bruno Mars and like, oh, that's great. It's like, okay, but go back to the source. Where did Bruno Mars get this from? You know, yeah. he got it from somewhere. Go back to where he got it from. I think, and then go back from where that person got it from. Just yeah. keep reaching back. Well, it was like I was saying earlier, it's like a lot of the music that I listened to growing up. You know, before I got into buying my own music and stuff, was music from my my sisters and brothers. And you know, my sisters and brothers are born in the '60s, and you know, uh, of course, my parents. You know, they grew up. My dad is born, raised in Detroit, so. Motown was always in our house. My dad's a huge Temptation fan, and he's very much like you. He's seen the Temptations perform numerous times. He has every single album through all of the member changes. <laughs> like, so, you know, that's what I grew up listening to. You know, a lot of times when, you know, I was 10, 11, 12 in that age range, you know, and I wanted to listen to the R&B station, the new stuff, you know, they were like, nope, they turned it off and they listened to their stuff. They're listening to the music <laughs> that they grew up with. And, right. and it's like, now I get it. You know, it's like, cause I listen to now the music that I grew up with. Like I get in the car and I put on the stuff that I like from my generation. So, but yeah, but at least I know about that old school music, this music that, you know, 
the people that I grew up listening to, the music that they were influenced by. And it's so, it's such a different, um, it's just so different that these uh, younger generate this younger generation that they don't seem to go back far enough to see like you know where music kind of evolved from and and you know I see like lots of like message boards about talking about music and <laughs> these millennial generation like they want us to stop talking about how music was so good back in the 90s and stuff and it's just like you have no idea like how like how it even is because for some reason they're just up listening to the new stuff like I don't know why and I'm like don't your parents listen to like older stuff because I'm sure some of your parents you right. know were probably like you know there's a lot of young parents these days so <laughs> it's like I, I don't even know what generation their parents could even be from right. they could be from our generation <laughs> who knows from, yeah <laughs> you never know I don't know but yeah it's just so interesting that um that people you know just kind of like don't reach back far enough to to see like just how great music was back in the day and yeah it's, it's unfortunate that like the, these artists are just kind of one-dimensional in a sense like they only look to certain sources and they're usually newer sources, right yeah you know? like kind of interesting yeah but, so anyway. i mean the bottom line is I, I I don't have any confidence. <laughs> confidence there'll be another, another prince, which is fine, because then we can say, you know, I saw a meme. You know, I, they show this meme. I saw the same meme for David Bowie when he passed away, but it's like mm-hmm. the Earth is like five billion years old, yeah. and then you were lucky enough to be on it at the same time Prince was, mm-hmm, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I can just say that, you know, it's like no, you know, I don't think there's another prince, but I mean, I'm happy that I was here when you know there was a prince and he made. Great music, and yeah, you know he awesome. uh, did good works with the money and proceeds that he's had. We were blessed to hear yeah. um, such great music from yeah, great artists, and yeah, I mean I'm sure there'll be good artists, you know, coming at some point. Yep. So. But, yeah, and that's okay. I don't. We don't need like duplicates of people. Right? Yeah, be, just, be something new. Prince, yeah, be something Prince was something new that he no one ever seen new, before. Something different. People used to talk about all the time how different he was. Same with Michael Jackson, you know, just like, you know, as Michael Jackson progressed, like. No one's ever seen that before, you know? Yeah. And no one's going to ever see it since. So let's have somebody new come along who does mm-hmm. something completely different. And then you think, wow, man, that was, that was really awesome. This guy's, mm-hmm. you know, or woman is like completely new. It hasn't been done before. So right. let's hope for that. Let us hope. Yeah, so, well, all right. Yeah. It's been over an hour. Should probably wrap this up, I yeah, guess. I guess that's it for <laughs> us. And I want to thank everyone for listening mm-hmm. and allow us to talk to you about Prince a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. We would love to hear your feedback, guys. You yes. know, reach out to us via Twitter on our uh, Twitter account. Mm-hmm. It's just the two of us podcast. So the it's at JTT. OU podcast and uh you can uh, also find me at at nipsey n-i-p-s-e-y and tracy at trayrific t-r-a-y-r-i-f-i-c and we're also on facebook as well so you can find us there please give us some feedback let us know what you guys think give us a review on itunes and as usual, uh, you can find us on iTunes, and we've added a couple other services since then. So you can also find us on TuneIn. You can find us on Google Play. 
You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Podbean. And you can also find us on SoundCloud. So there is a We link. are everywhere. We are everywhere. <laughs> so if you if you want to use a different service rather than the one you're currently using, that's where you can find us. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye.